This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Today, we want to talk about what the gurus don't tell us about marketing. What's interesting about this topic to me is I've blogged about this before at uh, social media conferences, especially. They tell you how they grew their network and they did this and that. And the thing is, by the time they tell me about it, I can't do it anyways, because whatever loophole they found for five seconds isn't open anymore, or they're not telling me everything. For example, somebody grew their blog to a gazillion trillion readers, not possible organically in that time frame. What they're leaving out is that they spent a gazillion dollars or whatever amount to actually grow it. So it does happen, but... Don't take my word for it. Um, I ran across Ty Goodwin. She's the CEO of That Marketing Team. Um, So check them out. I believe it's thatmarketingteam.com. She can correct me if I said that wrong. Uh, And she has plenty of examples. And also, how do you separate the stuff that's useful and the stuff maybe it's just inspirational? Um, So let's get her on the show here. Ty, it's good to see you. Welcome. Hey, Christopher. Bob. (laughs) I'm so excited to have this conversation. Awesome. Me too. Now, tell me, why is this a topic near and dear to your heart um, that we even need to talk about that gurus don't tell us everything? You know, it's near and dear to my heart because it's about unrealistic expectations. And, you know, I've been in this marketing side of things for a really long time. I've seen the ups and downs, the highs and lows. But what never ceases to amaze me is how many people really, really believe and buy in. We can make six figures in six days. We can make six figures in six hours. Let me show you how I got 25 million people on my email list for two cents each. I mean, there are all these stories that we hear and they sound great. The numbers sound great. And when people actually understand how marketing works and what's required, they either want to quit or they're so disappointed and disillusioned that they don't do anything at all. And then their business suffers. I said, I want to change that for a lot of people. Well, (laughs) if people know how marketing actually works, they want to quit. Um, So what's interesting about the whole six days, uh, six Six figures in six days, all that, um, you know, Sam Horn talked about that. Um, I mean, any good marketer should figure out that that is literally a marketing strategy, right? Just the way you make that sound uh, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily seem correct to me. Um, so how did this topic first come up for you? How, where did you notice what people are talking about? And, uh, you know, how do we know uh, yeah. what's actually useful and what isn't? Well, I'm pretty tech savvy. Um, have always been, you know, tech savvy. I'm one of those people who taught myself how to, you know, build access databases way back in the day, right? I've always been tech savvy. And I invested in a high ticket program um, that was going to help us, you know, like make $10,000 in like 30 days or something like that. And I was fine in the program, you know, because I was tech savvy, but I sat there and I watched all the other people in that program 
struggle because they were giving out some amazing concepts, but all of the marketing tech side that you needed to do to actually fulfill and implement, they were struggling with. They didn't know how to write copy. They didn't know how to set up a sales page. They didn't know how to automate anything. And so we would literally be in like week eight and nobody would have anything done. And I realized that that was a little bit of a ploy to get people to come on to what's next. But it made me so annoyed and so infuriated that, you know, we're, we're kind of lying to people to get them in. And I've had a real hard time with that in a lot of the marketing that I've seen out there, almost to the point where I decided I didn't want to do it anymore because I wasn't going to make those promises. But that's who was getting all the attention were those people who were making those kind of promises. And so um, what I started doing was like with my clients and with my audience was peeling back the layers. You know, is there a way do people make, you know, six figures in six months? Some of them do. But like you were saying in the beginning, they don't tell you that the reason they're making six figures in six months is because they got um, they were attached to somebody else's email list that had 200,000 people on it. Or they don't tell you you that they ended up taking out a loan to pay for a hundred thousand dollars in Facebook ads in order to get the traffic that they needed. And so when you don't know all those pieces that are happening behind the scenes, it can make people feel like they're failing when they're really not failing. They just don't have all the pieces. So maybe to take a little bit of, uh, of the, the heat of the gurus and thought experts, I mean, I'm thinking about, um, totally agree with you. But sometimes when I'm listening to, let's say somebody comes on the podcast, I mean, even our discussion today, right? Yeah. 26, 27 minutes. There's no way we're going to cover everything we want to cover in that amount of time. I mean, we could probably talk about this for, for hours. So how much is it that thought leaders try to, um, you know, um, just get people in the door and give them, have them give you them, uh, give you the money? Or is it just they don't have enough there's not enough attention span that everybody is going to dig into every little detail anyways. I mean, would people not get bored if they hear everything that went into it? Well, I think they would get, um, now I don't know if the word is bored that they would get. I do think they would feel overwhelmed. Right. And so you have to make sure that you're explaining like the nuance of it as well. Like, you know, so for example, you can definitely talk about how, you know, like give us for an example. So we used a quiz and we grew our audience by 9,000 people in four months, right? And everybody, the question that everybody has is, well, how did you do it? And so when I teach people and talk about it, I'm actually showing them, here's what the ad looked like. Here's how much we spent on the ad. Here's how long it took us to actually make a profit from it. So we're going back and we're clarifying exactly how we got there, but we're not giving a step by step by step. But we do want people to understand that it wasn't just like we put a quiz together and then the next day we got all these leads. We tested things. We tried things. Here's what the numbers look like. And I think you have to give people the full story, right, to help them make a better decision about is this the path that I want to go down? Now, that doesn't mean that you like put everything out on a table, right, that scares people away, but you give people enough information that they're able to make a really wise decision instead of giving them a whole lot of hype. So what's interesting about that is I, uh, you know, you said you don't have to put everything on the table, but I'm almost starting to think you do have to put everything on the table somehow, maybe mm -hmm. not in that headline, maybe not in the first paragraph, but I'll, I'll the more I, I'm listening to you, Ty, the more I'm thinking is that some of these gurus are not helping the rest of us because I'm creating content. I'm, I, you know, I have a content strategy. Here's what we're trying to do. 
And, you know, you do that with some companies and they have these unrealistic expectations. Why is yeah. this one blog post not um, not leading to 500,000 in ARR yet? Uh, I've never seen one blog post do anything. It's everything together, right? It's everything mm -hmm. of all the different articles. Uh, they compound on each other. Um, right. So how do how do teams within companies, how do mm -hmm. they kind of combat that? You got some CEO who listened to the latest guru talk at a conference and now they're coming back like, well, well this is what you should do. And yeah. you know that doesn't work or you don't have enough or you don't have enough budget or whatever. How, how do internal teams yeah. deal with that? Well, I think it's kind of like when you go to a doctor and if you've ever had surgery, um, you know, you might ask the doctor to explain the pros and the cons of the surgery, the benefits. Um, you know, what do I need to be worried about? What do I need to think about? How do I need to prepare? And they're going to give you a list of things that you need to do. But you're not going to ask that like the doctor's not going to tell you, I'm only going to give you four cc's of this, because if I give you five cc's of this, then, you know, they're not going to go into that level of detail. And that's what I mean by like, you don't have to put everything on the table. They're not going to tell you like the you know, the um, the cloth that they put on the table is, has been sanitized and sterilized with this kind of product. They're not going to go into that level of detail. However, when people ask us about what the process is, I think we need to be clear. You know, I've had that um, conversation with a client and they said, well, all you're doing is writing our emails. I'm like, well, let me explain what that really means, because when we write emails, we're not just sitting there with like a pen and a sheet of paper or a computer and just typing away. We're taking a look at what's going on in your industry. We're looking at your competitors. We're looking at what you're trying to sell and accomplish in the next 90 days. We're looking at keywords. We're doing the research. So we're doing all of those things just so we can create an article for you. But it's not just writing an article. And so that's kind of what I mean. We're not going to like necessarily say we're using these four websites and we're doing this for 30 minutes and this for 40 minutes. But we are going to lay out the here's the process that we use to get you those results so that the expectations are clear. I think that's super helpful. But at the end of the day, you have to figure out what the problem is, right? That an executive or whoever is buying your services is trying to solve. And I'll give you an example. Sometimes we go down the wrong rabbit hole, right? I mean, there was a, I think it was Todd Jones, who's a copywriter who was on the show. And he said, I don't think there is any content that still needs to be written for the top of the funnel conversions. And I said, Todd, I disagree with that 100%. And the reason is because most, a lot of companies, maybe I shouldn't say most, but a lot of companies, they just write generic crap, right? Like whatever. But if you have good source material, if you have experts who have a unique opinion, you can still rock top of the final conversions. I mean, don't write about the same crap like everybody else. Um, so, but, but what is the problem that we need to identify that people have, especially as it comes to business storytelling, um, to actually move that forward? What, what might an executive see as their problem? Well, you mean see as their problem for their, their client or how they figure that out? Yeah, right. Like, you know, if somebody were to come to us and say, hey, we need, um, you know, a content strategy because top of the funnel isn't working mm -hmm. or we need more stuff for sales to send out. Like right. what might an executive say, you know, this is the problem we're trying to solve as mm. opposed to just going, oh, a guru talked about this. We should just try that. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I see that often. I see people that say, well, we'll do your social media. We'll do your blog content. And we always start with strategy. And that first question is, you know, what is the problem that your audience is willing to pay for? Right. Um, and 
we figure that out, but then we also take a look at the pain points. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of misstep. They focus on the solution more than they focus on the problem. Um, and then they have a problem, but they don't specifically take a look at the pain points. And so it's harder for them to get content. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you are a, um, a company that sells, you know, um, solar panels, right? So solar panels is what your company sells, you know, and the problem that you solve for your audience is that they want a more environmental friendly and economic way to heat their house. Well, that's the big problem that you solve and you could write till you're blue in the face about that, but then you really need to focus on what those pain points are. And the pain points are maybe that they don't understand how it works. Maybe they don't know who to trust. Maybe they don't know how to, you know, get the money for the initial funding, right? To have the sol- their roof replaced with solar panels. Maybe they don't know how to evaluate. So you have to go into those pain points to really find the content that will then help them connect to that problem that you're able to solve for your audience. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you always got to figure out what what is it um, that you actually think is your uh, your problem um, as the customer. Now, um, I know you work with Fortune 500 brands and and, and smaller startups. Is there, and, and I've worked, let me think about that, the biggest company I've ever worked for their CEO at the time was very much kind of like, oh, I met somebody cool, new. Let's bring them in to consult. You know what I mean? Oh, they have, uh, you know, they, they have a nice portfolio out there. Let's bring them in. Maybe we can get some new thoughts. Uh, and sometimes, of course, you have plenty of thoughts. It's just more about the implementation. Uh, when you work with those different size brands, is it are Fortune 500 brands more prone to listen to these thought leaders or startups or like how do you see that play out when it comes to to either one of them you know it really depends on who they've got on their team you know if they've got someone there and that's we really like to work with people on who have a marketing if they have a marketing like cmo if they got somebody on their team who is willing to listen and willing to learn that's great it's harder to work with people who are kind of set in stone that will say well we just want somebody to come in and run our facebook ads well we're because i'm like well do we even know if you need facebook ads right and why do you think you need facebook ads it's because somebody told you that that's what they use but you don't really know if you have the same niche or the same audience you don't know if you're trying to solve the same problem with your you know content are you just doing awareness are you trying to get sales there are all those factors that you know we have to take a look at and so if people are closed off to strategy and they just want something that's i just want some ads done i just want a blog post done you know that's where we kind of draw the line because we always want to start with strategy and i did the same thing when i was actually in corporate america i was in a i was a trainer and we'd go in and somebody would say well we need these people to be trained and then we would sit with them because i'm also certified in human performance improvement right and we'd sit with their people and watch and it wasn't that they needed to be trained at all it could have been that you don't have a cheat sheet with the steps listed for people So they're not doing all the steps. They don't need a full day training for that, right? So you have to have people that are willing to hear that and willing to let go of, I need a tactic and really focus on, let's take a look at the bigger picture, the strategy that's going to give you the long-term results. So what, what came to my mind as you were talking about that is how is their situation different than mine? Very, that's, that is a very interesting question. Sometimes I don't know how you figure that out quite frankly, right? I'm thinking, okay, this is how, you know, this is how, how I might be different, but but how do I know unless I ask a hundred questions, right? I'm just listening to a keynote. And then on the flip side of that, I've actually had teams that no matter what was brought to them or not, maybe not teams, but people mm-hmm. made no difference what was brought to them. And they would say, we are so different. 
So we're so different. But they're, 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 they were different from everybody. They couldn't yeah. ever do anything. And I'm overstating a little bit here for the dramatic effect. But you right. know what I mean? Like, how yeah. do you find that balance that, hey, I'm not too different to think about mm -hmm. it. Right. But I also don't know how I'm actually different. Well, I think it's with marketing, you have to test things. Right. So it's it's yep. there's a whole lot of theory that we can say, you know, well, I don't think this is going to work and I don't think this is going to work or I don't know about this. But until you test it and have numbers, you really don't know. Um, and that's part of what marketing is about is not just trying things and, you know, seeing if it works, but we're going to test it and we're going to compare numbers. And you have to have people that understand that about marketing, that there is there isn't always a sure bet. And it goes back to the expectations we were talking about in the beginning. You know, face ads work for some people and they work really well. They work for some niches and industries better than they work. And it could be the time of year, the time of month that you do Facebook ads and you're going to see different results. Does it mean that it doesn't work? No, it means that it's not working in this instance. So you've got to be willing to test things and then take a look at the data to really be able to say whether this works or not, do we need to tweak it instead of just going off the emotions of how you feel about it or even what somebody said about it, you've got to be willing to test it and make sure that you're tracking the data to make a better decision. And I've actually had Facebook ads work for myself for a company I worked with before, but that was, that's been a while ago, you know, like would that still work today? I highly doubt it. Things change. Um, why, why do you think companies, I mean, are companies shying away from just testing things? I mean, I'm testing uh, Beams right now, short mm -hmm. form audio, beams.fm. Is it going to be worth trying, doing for the next two years? I don't know yet. It's too early. After right. two episodes, eh, numbers are kind of meager, you know, but it's, I just mm -hmm. started. So maybe I'll do it for a few episodes. But at what point, um, I mean, are companies picking that up that they always should be testing or is that is that an internal struggle in some in a lot of the companies from what you're seeing i think it's an internal struggle for a number of companies but it goes back to what the expectation is you know when you've got mm -hmm. people that are out there saying oh we can do this for you and it works for everybody the same way and we guarantee you you know, there's what you can guarantee is that you're going to help people get results. Um, as far as guaranteeing the method that you're going to be using, you know, I think that's kind of a crapshoot sometimes. And you have to find people who are willing to be good partners. Some people are not going to be good marketing partners because they want the silver bullet, right? Oh, we want the YouTube ads and it's got to work. And that's the only way we ever want to do things. They're not going to be good partners for us. Um, we really want to make sure that we're taking a, an approach that doesn't lock us in to doing something for somebody that we don't believe in and for doing something for somebody that, you know, is going to be questionable. We want it to be in alignment with their brand and who they are. But we also want to make sure that we're helping people understand that marketing at the end of the day is about testing what works, running the numbers, and then tweaking things as they go along. I think a lot of people are scared of it because one of the downsides of social media is that it's got us thinking that everything can be an instant overnight success. I'll just make some reels, right? I'll just get on TikTok. And so every Everybody is searching for like this microwave kind of, you know, um, effort, right? I'm going to put it in for microwave for 30 seconds and it's going to be done. And the companies that are always winning are the companies that have a long-term plan. So that even if they have something that goes viral, 
that's not the only thing they've ever been doing. They've had a long-term plan because at the end of the day, no matter what marketing we're doing, it's always about the relationships that we're building with that community of buyers. And if you're creating a community of buyers, you're going to want a long-term relationship because you don't just want one sale. You want them to buy. You want them to trust you. You want them to refer you. You want them to become champions of your brand. And that's never going to happen with a 30-minute microwave push. 30-second microwave. 30-second, yeah. <laughs> Thank but you. That is that is maybe the quote of the, the year so far. <laughs> uh, marketing is not a microwave meal, but it's a real meal. Um, and maybe even, you know, prepare your meals for the week or the month or, you know, whatever people do nowadays. Um, very interesting. Um, in the last few minutes here, Ty, tell us about your agency. Who should reach out to you? What kind of work do you do? And, 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 and how do they reach you? Well, well, thank you. So we are that marketing team. And, you know, our mantra is, you know, no tech, no time, no team, no problem, because we work with a lot of um, CEOs who have been trying to do the marketing themselves and they're really ready to step out of that role. But they're not quite ready to bring on like a full internal marketing house. And so we step in and we start with strategy, right, making sure they've got a really clear strategy that's connected to their values, their goals, what they want to accomplish in the next 90 days and then we'll, we'll either work with them to either implement it for them or we'll train the people that they do have if they've got like assistants and virtual people on their team we'll train them you know um, so that they can get that done and it won't have to be on their plate um, and they can learn more about us your audience can find us at thatmarketingteam.com and I'm out there on social media you can find me on all the platforms at Ty Goodwin and I give a lot of unsolicited marketing advice, <laughs> things that people don't ask, but somebody needs to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they listen or not, that's a whole different question. But certainly uh, people are listening to you and, and that's kind of how you popped up in my feed. Now, I think one of the reasons why people use those outrageous numbers, right, six figures in six months or whatever, is because it does work to an extent, right? It's very specific. I mean, it's way more specific than me saying, you know, whatever, here's all the things you have to do. When you do your marketing, when you reach out to people, how do you get around some of that chest beating and just offering value? I mean, certainly uh, when you were posting about this topic, you know, it offered value. I thought it, you know, offered enough value that I would invite you on the show. Uh, but is, is that your strategy, just sharing things that, you know, the reality of things or what's your strategy when it comes to sharing uh, content and getting people um, to become clients. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a little different in that I teach people what I've done. So um, one of the promises, and I think every brand, you know, is going to have a big promise and we call it our brand promise, right? The big scary offer, you know, depending on what you need, you know, call it in your business. Um, but we say we can help people generate 300 leads in 30 days. And I was saying this in a um, group and somebody said, oh, you should never promise that because what if you don't deliver? And I said, well, we can promise it because I've done it. I've done it for myself. I've done it for clients. We've got a system that helps people generate 300 leads in 30 days. I can pull up the numbers and show you. And if by some chance that doesn't happen, we guarantee that we will work with you until we get you those leads. So I think it's all in being able to back up what you say. You know, we say that we're no hype, we're all help. So we don't like hype, we don't like fluff, we don't like when people will watch a YouTube video and then I'm going to tell you what I saw on a YouTube video. No, I'm going to share with you the things that I've done that have worked in my business, that have worked for my clients. 
And then, you know, if that's not what our, if that, if that can't help you, then we've got some people that we can refer you to. But that's how we make sure that we are in alignment by only helping people with and talking about the things that we know we can do and the things we know we can prove. Very interesting. Now, you're certainly a thought leader out there as well. So uh, what's the difference between a thought leader? Like, what's the definition of a guru? Like, when you were talking about, you know, here's the things gurus don't tell you. What's the definition of that group of gurus as opposed to the ones that try to keep it real? Wow, this is a great question. Um, When I think of the word guru, I'm thinking of those folks who are they they got results with something and it worked for a period of time, but they have never changed what they're selling or what they're saying. As things have evolved outside of them. Right. And so it might be great and it worked 10 years ago. It worked five years ago, but you're not willing to learn anything else or evolve what you've been teaching. And people kind of get stuck in that and they stay and like you have this cult following. Oh, this works. This works. This works. You know, it, it may work, but it could be more effective if you evolve or if you add something or if you tweak it. And you've got to be willing to evolve what you're doing in order to stay current. And I think thought leaders know that. Um, I was just listening to, um, I'm going to forget his name, um, Adam Grant, I believe is his name. He's a, um, mm-hmm. a psychologist. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, people are either preachers or they're, um, you know, where they're telling everybody what's right, what's right, what's right, or they're um, people that are telling you, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. He said the best people, the best thought leaders have learned to be scientists. We're asking questions because we realize that we may not be right and we're willing to learn um, and we're willing to ask the questions so that we get the real answers and not just on our platform saying we're right, you're wrong and nothing else matters. Very interesting, Ty, and I really appreciate you sharing all your insights. I'm, I'm really glad we ran across each other. Thanks for your knowledge. Thanks for the invitation. It's been a great conversation. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.